here we are, 2024, and the first of our, uh, at least another four or five podcasts teed up. We've got three to do today, and we're a little different today because uh, Mr. William Winter, good morning, Bill. Good morning, everybody. Is, is sitting at home, just getting over the effects of COVID and being the true gentleman that he is. He didn't want to walk into a room and infect us all, and uh, we're very pleased about that. So, yes, well... All I know is I'm sitting in here in a T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a picture I want in my head. <laughs> taking us back to COVID days. But who would have thought, here I am, a um, septicagerian or whatever you call them, uh, who's had their second bout of COVID, but thank God I've had all the, uh, the shots and now I'm into the what they call the antiviral pills and it's all working. Very good, very good. So, Bill... We stopped back in December was, I think, our last one, and uh, here we are in February. A lot been going on in the uh, in the world. Oh, Mark, look, I'm a little bit worried, I must admit, about 2024. Uh, people have survived to, uh, the last year, and the dynamics everywhere have changed dramatically. And uh, let's not talk about worldwide events at the moment, but... Our own economy worries me. I think we're in for a, I don't think, I know, we're in for a year of batting down the hatches. Yeah, I think it's going to be bumpy. That's right. And I'm seeing in my clients, I'm seeing a 10% drop off in revenue across the board. Um, But that's, you know, it's it's happened before. We'll come out of it. But it won't stop us doing our podcasts, Mark. No, absolutely. We've got, I've worked it out, we've got 23 names on our board, so we're going to be busy. Oh, absolutely. And that leads nicely into who our guest is today. And our guest today is Fee Mercer from GovernWith, and Fee and I have known each other quite a long time. Uh, We've got mutual friends in Dr. Sarah Leach. Um, I can't remember the first time we meet, possibly through the AICD, but uh, Fee is a person that I have an enormous respect for in the work that she does with boards. So welcome, Fee. Thank you so much, Mark. And hello, Bill. Yes. Fee, do you remember when we first met? It was a very long time ago. Uh, well, 13 years ago. I was thinking about it last night because it was the start of the AICD Nexus Forum in Geelong. It's exactly how we met, through governance, yes. Through governance. Yes. Yes, and which is a great network, and you were one of the... I I chaired that for the AICD, and you and Mark were original members, and for that network, there's still 12 of us, and we are still going. We meet once a month for breakfast, and we share our ideas of being board directors. I love that. And it it's, it was such a powerful thing to do together. And it always made me feel better when I left the meeting. It's, yeah. it's well, a... you were a very powerful member, I might add. <laughs> Absolutely. And because Mark Fee has a great personality. She's, she's a very, uh, I guess, it's nice to be around her. I don't know if she ever gets grumpy at home, but I've never seen her grumpy. <laughs> no, I've never seen her grumpy. And as I say, always a pleasure to be with. Righto, let's start the Fee Mercer journey. So Fee, the question we always ask is where was primary school? Primary school for me was uh, started, would you believe, with correspondence because my parents actually bought Crown Land 
in very, very remote rural Victoria, near Dartmoor, near the South Australian border. And so I think it was a tremendous opportunity as a kid because I felt correspondence really allowed you to extend your imagination. It was terrific. And then my mum, her dad, this is amazing, even though we lived in outback rural Victoria, was the minister then for education in the Balti government. Wow. I kid you not. And so we actually applied and got a very small school moved to our little district. The school teacher lived with us, Bill, and we, there were 11 kids, which basically in those days was two, if not three, families. And I think, I have to be honest, I experienced my very first example of conflict of interest when in grade five I was presented with the reading prize. Think about this. The teacher lived with us and my mother donated the prize. <laughs> Is there any surprise that I got it? <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. So, so given that, that remote location, where did high school then start? Where did you go? Yeah, from? good question. Um, we actually had a... Then we organised a little local bus that again had whoever the oldest kids were from the school and there was about three of us on this bus and we went to the Casterton High School. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you didn't... So you didn't ride a horse and... Well, you have to take your shoes off to save the leather. That's yeah. not one of those stories, is it? No, not quite, but we certainly rode the horse before we went to school and when we got home. Good. Very, well, we've had that story before, Mark. We, we have the, num- the number of people that have a business in, in Geelong that started in rural Victoria mm. and rode horses to school. It's, yeah. it's amazing. So, Fee, first job? So, my very first job was um, uh, my parents actually moved to Winchelsea uh, because what happens with a lot of country kids is you end up being sent away to school to do those final years of, you know, year 10, 11 and 12. And when I lived at Winchelsea, we became what they call day bugs, which was uh, because when you have a large family, it's much more affordable to send them as day bugs than have them all boarding. And my first job was at the local um, service station and I would get off the bus from school and I would go and for $3 an hour I would help make chips and sell them to all the locals. And I still to this day, I'm not sure that I can cope with the smell of hot (laughs) chips. (laughs) But $3 an hour, it actually added up to $600 and I bought my first horse. Amazing. And also gave you your first feeling of customer service and Absolutely. how to interact with people. Completely. And good people but, and bad people. All of yeah. the above. Uh, but, but, um, so in those latter days of school, did you have any idea what, where, you'd, where you would go next once you finished school or what you wanted to do? That's a really good question. When I was at school, because it was a girls' school, Uh, there wasn't a lot of focus on our careers. There was an assumption that as women we would either become secretaries... Bank tellers. (laughs) Yeah, nurses. Bank tellers. Yeah, or teachers. And I was the oldest of six kids and I ended up going down the nursing journey because in those days when you trained to be a nurse, you were actually paid. So because my parents felt it was unaffordable to go to university. And... um, uh, it was a really good career choice, though. Um, so I kind of, by the end of year 12, 
we had worked out that that was pro- probably what I was going to do. So, Fee, where did you do your nursing training? I did it um, at Geelong. And yeah. We and that's of course where I met Sarah for the first time, and and many of the people that I still know and work with now. Were they the days of um, funny hats, starched uniforms, and and big silver buckles? All of the above, and terrifying matrons. <laughs> We've heard that as well, Bill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. So, uh, well, yeah. what's wrong with a bit of discipline? <laughs> uh, yes. and, and so, what was your nursing career? Where did that take you? Well, it was my nursing career that um, led me back into rural Victoria. So, interestingly, when I finished my training, that was yet one of those many times in history when the government withdrew funding and so none of us had a job anymore at the hospital. And so I was then chose to go back into rural Victoria to work. And then I met my first hubby and I did what a lot of girls do. You move to live in the country and within a heartbeat you're running the local hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, I noticed that on your LinkedIn profile, which I scoured last night, <laughs> that you were, your first exposure to boards was probably through the, that rural health. It was, exactly. Um, yeah. It was the beginning of my why. It was the beginning of my journey with governance. And it was in the, t- it was in the time when Jeff Kennett was in government. And what Jeff did was a lot of rationalisation and a lot of rural hospitals were amalgamated together. At that time, I was also the president (laughs) of the local kindergarten, as you are. We were also fighting Jeff Kennett uh, because he wanted to amalgamate all of our kindergartens as well. And I experienced firsthand the consequences of really good people not knowing what their role was in governance. And I was included in that. And, and that was absolutely traumatising. And it was, even though I didn't know it, it was the beginning of my journey around environmental, social governance, around contemporary governance. And well, yeah. yeah, it's taken you where you are today with your business called Govern With, of course. Absolutely. Uh, and can we just quickly visit your existing um, company and what you do there before we, I go back I've got a few other questions uh, for, from earlier on but can you bring our listeners up to date with what you're currently doing? Yes so what we do is we're a, what we call a software as a service so we're an online product that is serviced by humans and what we do is we work with the boards and now the executives of organisations, predominantly in the not-for-profit, heavily regulated areas. And we support those boards and executives to review their own governance practices, to do a really contemporary skills matrix, and then to understand what their development needs to be. And we also link them up with the resources that support them to build and grow. And Bill, I can tip in there because Fee worked with the Geelong Chamber of Commerce uh, some years back when uh, Kylie Warren was president and Fee came on board to uh, help us with our governance and I'd have to say it made a huge difference to the way we operated. 
Um, it was it was a great method. We we regularly would put up the uh, the dashboards showing how we were performing because of the surveys and stuff done, and we moved from predominantly red being God, you're hopeless, to green, you're doing a reasonably good job. And uh, so I'd have to commend Fee on the work that you did with the chamber. So. Well, Mark, Mark, I'll endorse that because I was on the Wimmera Health Board, which is the awesome hospital for nine years. And we had a change of chair at the board level. And a gentleman called Mark Williams became the chair, who I greatly admire. And he's currently the managing director of uh, Wimmera Water. And spoke to Mark, and he embraced Fee's um, technology, or uh, I don't know if that's the right word for it, Fee. No, that's absolutely right. Implemented it into the Horsham Hospital Board. It's the first time they ever had, a, I believe, a true evaluation of their skills and the ability to review not only um, what, what those skills are and what needs improvement, but to come back and remeasure on a regular basis. So to, flipping back, so here you are running a rural hospital. What pushed you out of there? What, where did you change? Where did, where did you...? That's a really good question. So on the back of, um, you know, not knowing how to uh, manage governance well, and we were all closed overnight and amalgamated, um, that set off inside me an insane curiosity about why did that happen. And fast track forward, I was one of the first people to do their MBA online via Deakin because being a young mum running a hospital, you, you couldn't come yep. to the sessions. And I suddenly discovered the power of online. But also because I did my Masters in Governance and Ethics, I also discovered that the biggest problem was access that the organisations that I had come from and the ones that I then wanted to learn to work with didn't have access to what they needed to be really good at governance. And so I, at the end of my MBA, I then trained to be a coach and mentor. And then I thought I started to find the answers to some of my curious questions. And I then thought, I'm going to start a consultancy and I'm going to help boards. I'm going to give them access to the things they needed. And I realised, Bill, that there was a great opportunity for really big disruption in this space. Because as consultants, we would turn up and they'd pay us to help them read their own hand watch yep. and tell them the time. So I realised that it just needed something done differently. So I thought in my wisdom... I'd start an online platform and I thought what I heard the board say, I needed access to online education. But after a year, I ripped that plan up because all the boards that I worked with said, I don't want you to tell me what education I need to do, Fee. I want you to create a, an evaluation that allows me to see within this complex framework of governance, where are my gaps? And I want to see my gaps at a governance level and at a personal skills level, and then I'll choose my education. And that's, yeah, my, my, what, that's I, when I started. I Sorry, Bill. Sorry. Go on, Bill. I, no, I recall, Fee, uh, back when we started that group, I spoke about 13 years ago, mm. that you, at that stage you were developing your, your instrument, as I call it. That's right. Your online tool. 
And I recall the amount of time and effort, probably your own, a lot, all your own money, probably. Yes. In developing that. And then I recall you got involved with setting up the Cadinia Health Board. But I remember those early days of the blood, sweat and tears you put into developing this program. And um, it, um, it's really great to see that what it's come to now. So you're, you're tipping... Bill and I talk about tipping points and sliding door moments. So... Jeff Kennett was probably your sliding door moment. Yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. He tipped you yes. out of your comfort zone in nursing mm. and made you sit up and think there's got to be a better way. Absolutely. It, it's true. And sometimes the very thing you're fighting against turns out to be the very signpost you need to follow. Yep. Yeah, it's and true. So I, I noticed, um, again, I was stalking you on LinkedIn last night just to make sure I was clear in my mind. <laughs> but you were a, a non-executive de- director at St Lawrence for a while. Uh, was that your first board role? Yes, that, uh, and then we became amalgamated, and now that's Gen U, Gen U yep. which is a fabulous organisation. Big organisation yes, these yes. days. And you were also the chair of Pathways for a while. Yes, and they are another organisation that become a part of another organisation. So that, that sort of natural progression. The amalgamation mm. happens naturally in, in the site. Are you on any other boards at the moment? No, so what I do now is I um, am just... 100% focused on, yet again, Bill, another final iteration for me of this incredible platform that I have the privilege of running. And I've found that um, because I work in the health sector, with independent schools, with this enormous not-for-profit area, um, there's a, an issue around conflict, massive issue, and I, I truly respect that. And also there's an issue of what we call overboarding because when you're an entrepreneur like me and when you're building a platform and you're uh, listening to the people you're providing this for and you're iterating your product and you're moving towards being contemporary, you actually don't have time. And so you need to decide what it is you're going to do. And, and then you do it really well. That, that's a, actually a really good message, isn't it? Because I, I've, I, I, I noticed in the paper the other day, and we won't name names, but the, the new chair of a very large organisation is also the chair of three other very large organisations. And you look at it and go, how do you do that effectively? Are you doing it for the kudos or are you doing it for the right reason? So I, I think that's a very good balance to mm. have. How, how did you start your software? Are you a software person? Do you... Yeah. Well, you're looking at a, a fully qualified community health nurse here who, who um, then learnt how to be a good leader by going and doing her MBA. But no, I'm not. But that is no reason that you can't do it. So I actually have had five iterations and I actually worked with a fabulous local person and we used a, a medium called Cold Fusion because there was nothing out there. All there was was you know, monkey survey and Excel sheets. And and I thought that we deserve better than that. And so I've then gone offshore and learned how to work with offshore developers. But now I'm in the best position of all. I have the privilege of um, working with Adrian Wagner, who is our Chief Operations Officer, but also has developed one of the smartest and most technically savvy online programs. And it's absolutely beautiful. So... I'm not a developer in that doing code, but I know and understand it and I know how to lead it well. So a, a good lesson there. 
you know what you want, but you find the expert to help develop it Absolutely. for you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All and right, the um, outside of your 100% effort in doing what you do, what do you do outside of work? Because if I recall, you're a you're fairly fit person. Uh, you like, do I recall that you used to swim and you run and you do all that sort of thing? So what what's outside of work? Well, a couple of things. Number one for me is my family. And I'm very lucky for the last 20 years um, married to Headley. And that brings uh, six children together. So we have a shared family of six. And they are my absolute passion and love. And we have, they're all married. And number 12 grandchild is on the way. And so apart from being an expert in contemporary governance... I'm also, uh, my, everybody says my retirement plan is that I'm going to be running a creche for my staff's children and for our beautiful grandchildren. But um, that is an absolute obsession and love and pure joy for Heddles and I. And uh, Heddles and I also believe strongly that if we're going to continue to work, we have to have a balance. And our balance is that we take that magic time early in the morning. We're up before five we exercise and we're icebergers. So for the last 15 years, we've been icebergers in Barwon Heads where we live and we have this fabulous community that we swim with all year round. And it really does keep us... Um, it keeps us on. It, it keeps us from, you know, that we actually cope. We find by our age that a lot of stuff happens in your life and a lot of things that just aren't going to go away. And the secret to success isn't to have a life where things don't happen, but it's to learn to live well around the stuff that is just going to happen. And that's how we live. And the living well bit is the swimming and our community and our beautiful grandchildren and, of course, my own family. I have, I'm the oldest of six, so that's a really great pleasure for me as well. That's a good balance there, Fee. Thank uh, you. Do you still ride? The horses? Yeah. Actually, no, I don't. Um, and that's just opportunity and choices. When I lived in the country and on the farm, it was easy to have a horse. But I think when you live in town, <laughs> it's a little less easy. Um, and also, I think I've replaced the horse with a bike. So okay. I do quite a bit so of you bike you still riding. ride, but it's a bike. Mm, mm, exactly. <laughs> So, Fee, Govern With? Yes. How do people get in contact with you? What's the easiest way to find you and get involved with your services? There's three really easy ways. Uh, LinkedIn is our home. So look out for Fee Mercer on LinkedIn and connect with us. Yep. Connect with Govern With on LinkedIn and I have a fabulous young team who will look after you and talk to you. Also, we have um, a website, which is governwith.com, and please reach out to us through that. And, of course, my mobile. I'm very happy for people to call me. I, I'm, I find it a privilege when people call me that they even think that I'm smart enough for them to talk to, but my mobile is 0439 488 and I welcome people to call me. And if someone listening is on a board thinking, gee, our government 
governance is a mm. bit all over the place. Why should they reach out to you? I think the main reason that boards should reach out to us is because we're actually contemporary. Through the data that we continually receive from the thousands of directors who contribute to our programs, we are able to work out where are the next areas in governance that matter. And the journey we've been on is that we started with corporate governance was everything. And then, of course, we realised we needed skills on the boards of the actual sector that those boards are in, such as health. Now we know from the last 18 months of questions around contemporary governance, such as environmental social governance, workforce, cybersecurity, that that's where is the third area that boards need to bring up to their table. And that's where we can help you. We're the leaders on the questions. We're the leaders on the uh, ways that you as boards can learn to be curious about these subjects and actually do something about it, not from a compliance perspective, but from an organisation-wide embodiment perspective, to actually deliver on the kind of governance that really will make you successful in the future. Fantastic. Mark, there, Mark there's some good videos on Fee's website too, and I watched one last night, uh, uh, Building a Legacy, the Importance of Succession, the one on planning. Yes. And it goes back to the basics. And yes. I think anyone listening to this should go back and watch that video, the planning one, under the uh, Importance of Succession. It, 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 it's a, gives you a really good idea of, the, of what Fee's been talking about. So Fee, Thanks, Bill. Fee, thank you. It's been lovely chatting and uh, you are one of the leaders here in, in governance and uh, it, it's remiss of us not to have interviewed, us, uh, interviewed you earlier in our little journey, but we finally got there. So, Bill, I hope you're feeling better down the other end of the line. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I'm, I'm just looking out my window, Mark, and I think it's time for a walk after this. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you, Fee. Thank you, Bill. And uh, we'll be off to our next appointment. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Fee. Thank Goodbye. you, Bill. Bye.